Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome back to our episode. We are talking about, um, this is the last week of the liturgical year, so we're going to explain what that means and we're going to talk a bit today about Christ the King, right, and the Lordship of Christ and this beautiful solemnity that we just celebrated and what that means going into Advent and into a new year and all good things, right? So as we prepare for all good things, um, Michelle is, she's, I love her one thing. Wait till you hear her one thing. So you got to hang on to the end of the episode so you can hear Michelle's one thing. But Michelle is smirking right now. We had a massive internet failure, but we're back. So Michelle, what, no, maybe you shouldn't tell people what you're smirking about. (laughs) What do you you think? I'll wait. I'll keep them in suspense until we do our one thing today. Um, Yeah, we've, as usual, we've been uh, conversing for the last hour um, and catching up on life and all of that before we are recording. And then Sister's Internet failed, and then we got resurrected from the dead, and now we are recording. So we are just happy Mm -hmm. this week that we all get to be Mm -hmm. together and record. Heather, how are you today? I'm doing well. You know, this has been a busier season than I anticipated, so things have been going full tilt. And then my oldest daughter is about to turn 16, so Whoa. I'm going to have to go to confession at some point before she starts driving me around in that car. <laughs> <laughs> but things are good. Things are really good. Yeah. How about oh. you, sister? How are you? Uh, things are going well. You know, we're getting ready for, of course, you know, the holidays coming up and just the seasons changing and and kind of preparing for those things. I'm about to start um, Advent missions pretty soon at different parishes in Los Angeles and then out in Salem, Oregon. So yeah, it's all good, which is really good preparation for today's episode. So we finished our series on the Women Doctors of the Church and our episode with Father Josh, which um, people seem to really love as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk today about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So yesterday was the solemnity of Christ the King, right? King of the universe and who Jesus Christ is. And this is a really important uh feast day for us. It's an important solemnity because it's gearing us up toward the new year. So in Catholicism, we don't actually celebrate the new year on January 1st. That's a very holy day. It's a day of Mary. But we actually celebrate the new year on the first Sunday of Advent. The solemnity of Christ the King prepares us for opening our hearts to him. And so I'm going to talk a bit about that, but I want to give Heather, because I love this idea was really Heather's to talk about this, which I think it's really important because we're going to talk about the difference between just going to church on Sunday and kind of calling ourselves Christian and Catholic um, versus really taking on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So Heather, do you want to, I love how you were just explaining that to even Michelle and I, as we started this uh, recording. So you want to kind of open that up for us and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to explain it to Michelle because I think it's time, you know, that Michelle's... (laughs) Oh, man, this is going to go downhill quick, I think, if I don't focus here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, here's here's the You thought. are so lovely. It is not even funny. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Um, love oh, go you. ahead. So, so here's what I was thinking about. I was, and, and this was challenging my own spiritual life deeply, you know, is that 
often, you know, we're, we're like, I'm following Jesus. And we like to focus on the fun parts of that. And, you know, and, and it's very different. There's a difference between following Jesus, going to church on Sunday, doing all the right things, and then really submitting ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I think that this is part of why there's a crisis going on for many people in their faith life is because if you're just following Jesus, you still can do whatever you want. You know, you can follow him, you can not follow him. There seems, you know, you can be wishy-washy, you can be mediocre. Um, but until you really have given your life to the Lord, like really submitted your life to him, uh, that, that changes everything. And it changes how you live. It changes how you think. It changes how you make decisions um, because you're, you don't belong to yourself anymore. You've really given your life to him. And so I would love for us to just sort of enter into this conversation and sort of ask the deeper questions and discuss what that looks like in our own personal mm-hmm. life. I, well, I love this and I, I love this is a great topic and it's so true. And I, I think we can all see areas of our own life where we've, you know, you talk about the word Lord, the word Lord, if you look at the dictionary, the word Lord means somebody in authority or somebody has power or control. And then if you look at the word submission, it means to yield to yield to the power of another. So I think that all of us in our lives have parts of our hearts where we have um, submitted to the Lord, we've we've yielded to his power, to who God is in our life, and areas that we don't. And I think we have to really understand, first of all, what is the reign of Christ? And is he a domineering Lord? Is he somebody who's lording his lordship over us? Or is it really for the healing of our lives and the restoration and the order of our lives? And I love at Mass, for the Sunday Mass, for Christ the King, I love the collect, which is the the prayer that is as it begins after the glory begins the mass, and it says this. This is gorgeous. It says, "Almighty and ever living God, whose will is to restore all things, and your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grant we pray that the whole creation, set free from slavery, may render your Majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise." Mm. Amen. <laughs> like, amen. His will is not to dominate us or to truncate us or to make us less than. His will is to restore us and to set us fe- free from slavery. Okay. So like, let me just preach that right right now. Yeah, so it's really important for us to understand, you know, who Christ is and what he's trying to do in our lives. It's because sin is what breaks us. Sin is what brings us into slavery. And we're not made for a life of sin. We're not made for a life of half measures. And it's only when Pope Benedict says, it's only when we enter into a true friendship with the Lord that our lives take on a brilliancy and an order and life makes sense. So there's really nothing outside of it, even though sin presents itself as something outside. There is nothing outside of it if we want to live an abundant life. Mm -hmm. Um, Dang, yo. Like, yeah, I just love that. I'm going to hold on to that. You'll hear that colic throughout the mass. If you go to daily mass, you're going to hear that colic throughout the week. That God's will is to restore all things, dear friends, and to set us free from Mm -hmm. slavery, right? Mm -hmm. So, Michelle, what are your thoughts? When I was thinking about Heather uh, proposed this topic for our conversation for the Feast of Christ the King, um, it wasn't something that I was acquainted with. So I really had to look at it. And I even looked at the word submission, you know, our, you know, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to be submission? And like you, we all like uh, words and definite, you know, definitions in the dictionary. So I looked under, you know, submission being under, like under his mission, under his authority. Mm -hmm. But when we look at that, sometimes we think like he is, like you said, sister, that he's lording things over us, but really it's a place of protection, Mm 
You know, when we are under his mission, it's almost like a covering under us Mm -hmm. so that we can do the mission that he has called for us. But it was interesting when you looked under examples, they said like submit. And one of the examples they gave in the dictionary was like submit a manuscript. And so my mind just went off like, when I submit myself to the Lord, he is the author of my life and he writes better stories than I could ever dream or imagine. But how many times do I take that darn pen out of his hand and say, no, 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 this is the way I want. This is the plot twist I want. This is what I want when he'd be like, just let me have the stinking pen and I write a better story than you do. You know, like his story always ends, Elizabeth Elliot says, his story always ends in beauty, never ashes, you know, and I just have to remember that, like that I have to submit the manuscript of my life to him and he is the ultimate author of life, which it says he is, and he is the one that writes so much better stories than I could ever dream or imagine when I give him permission. Mm You know, and we were talking about it in uh, the Doctors of the Church series. St. Teresa of Avila says, either we are daughters of the king or we are not. You know, and how many times do I walk in my daughterness and my royalty of the king and his majesty? And man, how many times do I take away that identity and walk like an orphan? You know, and just act like I don't have a father and my father isn't majestic and I don't really have an internal inheritance. And um that's just been really convicting to me. Like, I don't think we can come out of the study of restoring the beauty and not still have ongoing restoration, mm-hmm. you know, and not mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. things that he's redeeming and restoring. I was driving to mass this past Sunday and God just brought an area of sin up for me. And I'm thinking it was one of those sins where you're like, okay, well, it's not a mortal sin. It's not a big deal. Da, 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 da. But God's like, no, it is a big deal mm-hmm. because it's keeping you mm-hmm. from obedience, true obedience. To what I'm asking you to do. And I'm like, oh, crap. Sorry. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> you can. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. What mm-hmm. about you, Heather? Yeah, that was beautiful, Michelle. It's so, it's so, so true. And for me, it always goes back to the beginning about what do I believe about God? I harp on this a lot. I talk about it a lot because I, it is in the heart of all of us. And I don't think we pause long enough generally to understand where the where are the places that I'm hanging on to my own life that I refuse to give it to God and submit to him because I don't trust him. And this goes back to the beginning. This is the garden. This is the lie from the garden. And all of us in humanity, it's not just Eve's story. It's not just Adam's story. It is our story. When the enemy in the garden started to speak to them, he was suggesting that God wasn't really who he says he was that God was somehow holding out on them. And and this is in all of our hearts. You know, there's a generational attachment we have to Adam and Eve and to, to the lie that came in there is a lie that is in our own hearts. Is God holding out on me? Does he really have the best intention for me? Is he good to just other people or is he going to be good to me? Does he just heal other people or does he desire to heal me? And, and I think for a lot of us, those are places of pain and struggle where we really doubt the heart of God. Like, is he good? Because if he's good and if he is who he says he is, then we wouldn't hesitate to submit our lives to him. It's only when we have this distrust of him and his heart and what he might do that we hold on to pieces because we want to control it. We want to take control and we want to do our own thing because we think that somehow we can find our own happiness 
even if it's apart from him, uh, which always leads us into despair. You know, inevitably, that's where we end up. So I think, you know, uh, St. Teresa of Avila was really big on growing in self-awareness and self-knowledge. And this is an area that we have to pause and reflect and go, where are the places that I'm hanging on, you know, to my own life? Because in the kingdom and in scripture, it says, like, it's only when you lose your life that you find it. (laughs) It's only when we fully Mm -hmm. give our lives to the Lord that we find ourselves because he is everything that we desire. He is everything that we are looking for. He is the fulfillment of all. And even in difficulty, he can weave things together to bring about good for those who love him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts, sister? Oh, that's, well, that's so great. I mean, gosh, such wisdom that you both are offering here. And, and that is true. And that's this, that's salvation history, right? Of taking, you know, the brokenness of man and God continually pursuing us. God is pursuing us. You know, he's pursuing each one of us right now. He is pursuing us in his own beautiful way of how, you know, his desire is for us. And it's very true. And those areas of our life that we all have, you know, that we were actually talking about, you know, before we even started recording, those areas of our life are often the very young places of us that go back a long way, you know, stories that we know, gosh, over and over again, right? Those same pathways that often have to do with, you know, our areas of attachment, even when we were small children as infants of how we attached to our mother. And just interesting, like these long storylines of, of how God was revealed to us and, and who we believe God is. And just interesting, you know, I think this Advent especially, I'll be speaking a lot to people about trust and surrender and hope. And, you know, to trust somebody is to rely upon them. And it's very interesting that even to trust, you know, and to trust God is actually applied as hope, a hope in God that he will, you know, um, come through with what he's promised. And I thought it was very interesting if you have the Magnificat that there's a little kind of paragraph, first of the Solemnity of Christ the King by Pope Benedict. And this is really beautiful. He says, um, God does not have a fixed plan that he must carry out. On the contrary, he has he has many different ways of finding man and even of turning his wrong ways into right ways. The feast of Christ the King is therefore not a feast of those who are subjugated, but a feast of those who know that they are in the hands of the one who writes straight on crooked lines. Mm. Right. Mm. So um it's very true. Oh, like, I you know, love I mean, that. Isn't that, yeah, I thought it was very fitting. And I was going to say that, Michelle, but I didn't even know you were going to talk about the pen, but it's very true. And how many times in our lives that we say, it's too late for me, or your family's coming over for Christmas and you're like, oh, this again, we're going to have the same conversation again. And the, you know, that God makes all things new. And this doesn't have to be another Christmas where half your family doesn't talk to the other half. And that the difference is you listening right now. Mm-hmm. of where God is speaking in your life. And so this reality of Christ the King is not just kind of something that you can take it or leave it. It def- it defines how we live our entire life and right. where we're going. Yeah, I think we need to continually allow ourselves to re-encounter Jesus for who he is, you know, because we will be swept away mm-hmm. at, at various times, consistently, you know, throughout our day, throughout our week, uh, from who Jesus really is. And, you know, when I think about who, who must Jesus have been? Like he's, he's a person, he has a face, he has a body, like he's a real person that we are invited to encounter in every moment of our day. So when we're talking about submitting ourselves, it's not just to some idea or ideology, it's relationship. You know, it's saying, I trust, I trust you with everything, Lord. I'm going to give you everything because you are trustworthy. You are faithful. And I think about what Jesus must have been like to walk into a place, you know, to in front of his disciples and to just take one look at them and say, come follow me. And they were like, okay, yeah, 
I'll do that. <laughs> they just like dropped everything, you know, and, and followed Jesus. And I'm like, he must've been so compelling. He must be just ev- like when you're in his presence, everything that your heart desires to have that response from people who encountered him when he walked the earth. And so I think, you know, do I have that encounter with him? Because he's the same. He's the same Jesus as he was in the scriptures. Am I allowing my heart to encounter truly who he is? And yeah. What were you going to say, sister? Well, I I was... was, Or Michelle, sorry. It was me, but I was thinking, okay, like you said that, we have to re-encounter. And that's a daily thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think like, okay, I abided yesterday, so Mm -hmm. I'm good today. Mm -hmm. Like, I surrendered yesterday, so I'm good today. And what God is teaching me, it is daily. It is, you know, I don't go a day without talking to my husband. So why do I go a day without really surrendering and talking to him? And yes, I get my prayer time in, but when do I encounter him? When do I feel personal? And it's not a feeling. You know, and sometimes like even in us in marriage, sometimes we don't feel, but we know because we have that commitment because it's a love relationship, Mm -hmm. you know? So when I'm daily committing, when I'm daily abiding, when I'm daily surrendering, when I'm daily like, okay, Lord, I know who you are and you are good and you are true. So today I'm going to surrender these children because I keep on putting them on the altar and then I take them off. Or today, Lord, I'm going to surrender my vocation because I keep on putting it on the altar, you know, for those are taken off or my discernment or my mission in life or what I'm supposed to do next. Like we put it on that altar and then, then two days later we take it right back off, you know, and no, Lord, I am going to surrender to your kingships in this area because you are going to provide and you're going to provide in abundance because you are good. And sometimes that provision doesn't look like what we think Mm -hmm. it it looks like or what we want it to look like, but it's always better because he has our goodness in mind for us. And we forget that. Um, And one of the scriptures that I just have been praying with this week is um, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And it's Psalm 65, Mm. 11. But I love love Mm. that. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Like you bring resurrection out of death. And sometimes areas of my life like have to die. Like right now I'm really just dying over control over my children's lives. Like I want to be the dictator and I want to tell the Lord how this should work out and what this should be and how this plan should work. And he's like, um, no girl, thank you. I I have it from here. Save your junior. You can just step back. I'm Save under your control. junior. You know, have this That's under control. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so good. So good. Oh. But, you know, we, you know, but he is good. And it goes back to like our time with St. Therese. When we jump, he catches us. Mm-hmm. Like when we jump into his arms, he catches us. He's not going to let us fall. You know, that's not saying that he won't save us from hard things because life is hard, but he will not let us fall. And mm-hmm. he is making the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And that is who the God is. And we have to constantly, daily remind ourselves of who he is and constantly, daily remind ourselves to surrender and abide in this mm-hmm. journey. So let's move this to what does that look like practically? Because I think that's what a lot of people are like, okay, what do I do? Like, what does that look like in the life of someone who is trying to continually submit under the Lordship of Jesus and trusting that he is good? Like, what does that look like, you know, for, for you, sister, in your life? We can all share about that. Well, I think it is a firm commitment to daily encounter with Christ so that it is a firm commitment of daily prayer. It is a firm commitment, I mean, for myself, obviously, to, to daily mass and to spending, to receiving him there into the sacraments and to, to putting on the mind of Christ, right? To allowing his whole being to transform me. I think it's also very important to be very honest, to, to piggyback on both what you're saying, both of what both of you are saying, 
is to also be very honest about the areas of my life where I do not trust God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it, those can be very painful conversations to have. And I just was having one of them with the Lord just the other day of this piece of my heart where I just had to be honest and say, I don't trust you here. Mm-hmm. And I think, and can you show me why I don't? Mm-hmm. Like, what what is this? Is it something from my past? Is it a fear? Is it, am I, am I, um, I don't know. But I think unless you have those hard conversations, my dear friends, it's not just about willpower. It's about, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And ask the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, this is a pattern in my life. This is a pattern where I don't trust. This is a pattern where I'm continually self-reliant. This is a pattern where I live in fear, where fear is dominating my life. So your Holy Spirit, can you help me, help me understand this peace? Cause I really want to live in trust of you and just holding in a sense, like holding that out to the Lord and saying, help, please help me. I, I need your help. Mm-hmm. I don't understand myself. I don't know why I do what I do at times. And I know I'm, I'm not trusting you here and I want to, or even sometimes we don't even want to, like, we're so afraid. All we want to do is mm-hmm. grab onto this piece, but he, the Lord is, I just want to tell you that the Lord is so tender. He's a tender King and he loves you. And many times what he'll do is he'll just come sit beside you. And he's not even trying to wrestle that piece away from you. He just, could we allow him the tenderness to draw alongside of us and to minister to us there? Because he's such a tender and strong King. He's so, he understands us, you know, it's just so glorious. So I think it's that really that, that call to that kind of honesty, I think is really going to be helpful like it is in any relationship. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, it also looks like uh, really bringing the Lord into the details, you know, of my life that that I'm no longer just making decisions based on practical facts of my world, you know, but I'm, I'm actually bringing things to the Lord like, Lord, what do you want our family to look like this year? You know, so every every year in the summer in August before school starts, my husband Jake and I sit down and we talk about like, okay, what are the ministry things that we believe God's calling us to? What does our schedule look like? What do we feel like God is saying about the kids? You know, what are they needing right now? What sports should they be involved in? What activities? How many things are is our family going to commit to? Um, and instead of just looking at that all practically or just making decisions on a whim, as we're flying through life, we we bring it before the Lord and we listen. We're like, Lord, can you speak into this? We just submit all of our plans to you. We don't want to do anything unless you are in this and unless you are leading us there. Because I've been so many places in my life and made decisions and God wasn't there because it wasn't what he desired. And I just went ahead with it, you know, and I, and I have learned through a lot of hard lessons. I don't want to be anywhere that God isn't. I don't want to be anywhere where it is. I am like fully dependent on my own power because it will not go well. You know, at the end of the day, it's not going to be what he wants or it's not going to bear fruit that lasts. And so um, that's what it it looks like for us, like in our family, we're continually bringing things before the Lord. And and even throughout the year, you know, just the other day I was saying to my husband, like, what do you think God is saying in this? Like, can I, I took a step back and started looking at all of these different pieces that seem to be shifting right now. And, and we're asking the question again, Lord, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, is this just a coincidence or are you trying to say something to me? Are you trying to communicate something? And so we're learning to have a greater openness and disposition to God leading the way, 
It's like, Lord, I'm going to, I want to walk behind you. I don't want to walk with you. Like, I don't want to be walking ahead of you. (laughs) That gets me into a lot of trouble, Mm -hmm. you know? So even in some of those practical ways, I think we can, we can grow in greater submission by one, trusting that God has something to say about the details of our life and, and two, opening the door so he can speak into those things. Michelle, what does it look like for you? I think it's very similar to you. Like when I am so close, like when I just take a step back and like, I like to call it the C.S. Lewis, go onward and upward, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and try to get a divine perspective and try, instead of trying to figure out how I can figure it all out, it's just that simple invitation. I think we just always make things harder than they really are. Just inviting the Holy Spirit. Like I need you in this right now. I need you into the mm-hmm. situation. I need you. Um, I needed your divine perspective on what's going on. And I just surrender the situation to you. I surrender this event. I surrender this child. I surrender, you know, this family member. I surrender this decision, work, what, whatever it may be. Like just even physically speaking that out, Lord, I just surrender this to you right now. You know, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. are you in this situation? And um, like I said, whenever I surrender, the Holy Spirit always does the heavy lifting, you know. And even sometimes if I just make the physical gesture to like when I'm saying that prayer, just to even open my hands up, like instead of like, because I can feel myself just grasping or grisping, just even open my hands, my palms up and say, Lord, I just receive your wisdom in this. Holy Spirit, I receive mm-hmm. your, um, you know, your intervention in this, you know, just making that simple act, like that act of just surrender, you know, um, it's just amazing, mm-hmm. you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And it just brings a peace to my soul, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, sometimes the situations don't change, but there's a peace that comes upon me that I'm like, okay, you've got this right, Lord, you've got it. And um, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. makes all the difference to me. Um, we talk about this idea, you know, consistently on the podcast of like <clears throat> a time such as this, that what, you know, yeah. for a time such as this. And I think in the world today and in the state of the church and where everything is going, we have to be more committed than ever um, to following Jesus in a radical way. Like the mediocre and the half measures, like it just isn't cutting it anymore. And it's not going to bear the fruit that the world needs. You know, if we truly are called to mission and to be a light to the world and to bring Jesus's healing and restoration to our families and our communities and those around us and to be his hands and his feet, like we can't do that half-assed. We, we need to be all in. And I think this is where community is really important because we have to encourage one another to keep going deeper, hang in there, like keep pressing in. Don't give up when it gets hard. Um, And we can point out things to one another in love of areas that are incongruent because we have to begin to address that. I mean, that, that is where we are in the crisis in the church. There was so much incongruency amongst people who called themselves holy or set themselves up to be holy and witnesses. And clearly there was massive incongruencies. And so we have to look at those within our own life as well and not assume that we're better, that, you know, that we have to look at incongruencies in our own life and go, Lord, how do I need to, you know, renew my commitment to you and go even deeper into the places where I'm, I'm holding on too tight, you know, to things in my life. And, and it really is similar to the rich young man. You know, he was doing all the right things. That's how he approached, I'm Jesus, I'm doing all the right things. And Jesus is like, come follow me. You know, Pope Benedict says in talking about the rich young man, like, he says to the rich young man, come follow me. The Christian vocation derives from a love-filled invitation made by the Lord, and it can be lived out only by a loved-filled response. 
Jesus invites his disciples to give their lives completely without calculation or personal interest, but an unreserved trust in God. The saints accept this demanding invitation and set out with humble docility in following the crucified and risen Christ. And even at the end there, where he Pope Benedict reminds us, he's risen. Like, Jesus is the Lord because he is he has risen. He is the king of all. He has won the battle. He's not still trying to figure it out. Like, we can trust him in this. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, it was funny. It was uh, like it was an Instagram post. Someone posted a couple of days ago, and I just saved it on my phone. And it says, take a deep breath, fuel back up, get back in there and love again. In Christ's name, in Christ's grace, in Christ's power. This isn't a fairy tale. This is war, and the devil wants our hearts. So surrender them, Amen, to the Lord. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Amen. <laughs> so good. Yeah, you're just like, oh, this this could go on. This conversation could go on for quite some time. <laughs> uh, very true. And I mean, we have a king, like we said, who doesn't seek to lord his lordship over us, but one who serves. He comes among us as one who serves. Mm-hmm. He comes among us as one who has poured out his life for us and who's beaten death and risen from the dead, so that we can rise too. Right. So. Um, Can I just read that collect again to you all before we go into our one thing? Um, Just so beautiful. Almighty, ever-living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grant, we pray, that the whole creation, set free from slavery, may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. And that is our life, y'all, to ceaselessly proclaim the praise of God who loves us. Amen. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about our one thing. Hey, shall we? Um, I want Heather, would you like to go first? Sure. Like give us your one thing. Sure. First? Yeah. Cause I love your one thing. Can I say that? I love my one thing too. Um, I do want to say, you know, like about our one things, like we choose things from a whole bunch of different categories, you know, books and quotes and Mm -hmm. songs. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we are saying, hey, uh, accept everything that these people say, because we use a lot of non-Catholic sources, but we're just talking about this specific thing that has touched our heart in some way. And we have to be discerning about all things. Mm -hmm. So dear listeners, please be discerning about, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that, that, um, that you hear and that you say and that you see, and just as we are. Um, but I love this beautiful song written by Pat Barrett called Sales. And uh, yeah, he does a little collaboration with Amanda Cook and Stephanie Gretzinger. And it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just so real. It's like this heartfelt love song. And, and it's just been moving me pretty deeply. So I'm going to post that for our listeners. And also, I just wanted to give a shout out to all the people on Vancouver Island who I was with this last weekend doing a women's retreat out there. It was just wonderful to be with their community. So many of them are listening to the podcast and meeting together in groups to listen. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them. And it was a pleasure to be with you. Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing is kind of funny. It is a the liturgical dance to the King of Glory by Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I don't care how many times I watch it. It is just hysterical to me. Like, I think Stephen Colbert is pretty funny, but it is just hysterical and um, just so endearing to me. And um, and I just also want to get a shout out. Y'all, we've gotten so much amazing feedback from the Doctors of the Church series mm-hmm. and how it's impacted your lives. But I really want to give a shout out to all of our college kids and to all of our um, young adults that are on mission, our focus missionaries, our life team missionaries. We have the Damascus mission, all these just missionaries, CCO. 
I get the biggest kick out of y'all's um, mm-hmm. messages to us and emails to us. And they just, I have to tell you, and even though we do short responses back to you because, you know, we're juggling a couple things, we love it. We love it. And we just love that we get to be on mission with you all. So thank you so, so much. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Sister, what's your one thing? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with both of you guys. Um, my one thing is as we prepare, something that we do is that I've taken in my own heart ever since I was right in formation was as we transition from, you know, the, the liturgical year from Christ the King to Advent, uh, we really try to gather, gather the graces for the whole liturgical year. So my one thing is that every day from the Solemnity of Christ the King to the first Sunday of Advent, I'm going to be with my journal gathering graces from the whole liturgical year, like what God has done, um, areas mm. of healing, areas of triumph, um, areas where I've seen him come through for me. And just to be really rich and fresh and grateful, because as we know, a grateful heart is an open heart and nothing changes a situation more quickly than gratitude. Mm. So I think it is gathering the graces of the liturgical year. So I would highly recommend grab a journal. If you just write down even three graces every night before you go to sleep, just of what God has done in your life and, and things that you've seen happen this last year, I think it'll help prepare the soil for a coming new year as the, the year changes at the first Sunday of Advent. So, and we're excited to spend awesome. Advent with y'all too. So, yeah. So anyway, well, God bless you, dear listeners, and happy solemnity of Christ the King. May he be Lord in your life, and may we surrender fully to his love for us. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can email us at abidingtogetheratascensionpress.com. That is abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com to have all the show notes emailed to you. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.